Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk And if busting makes you feel good you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content. Or shoot over and get some groovy merchandise at society6.com forward slash filmbusters. Alright, can we just get on with this now please? Filmbusters. So, I don't know if you boys noticed but at the beginning of the film it Mm. says produced by Michael Douglas. And so I was thinking do you know what? When we watch or when i watch films i tend to see his name pop up a hell of a lot as a Mm. producer Mm. so i was like let me just check what other stuff he produces uh do you know what the first film he produced was is it one of his own no he's nowhere near it he's not even in it Mm. and it's a massive massive film 1975 oh go on it's gonna be like godfather then or cuckoo's nest or something you got it cuckoo's nest wow look at that the he first got some film. money there. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I remember watching uh, that, that DVD in the early days and his name popping up and thinking, no, it can't be him. But then I was like, he must have done more, but he actually hasn't done as much more. He did like a bunch of action films. So he's done Jewel of the Nile, uh, Flatliners, Double Impact, Face Off, uh, The Rainmaker, The Sentinel... That's kind of it. The weird thing is, he's produced shitloads of things called Starman, which looks like it was a TV series, and now there's a movie coming out next year. What is Starman? Starman. An alien returns like to Earth. David years, Bowie thing. An alien returns to Earth years after an earlier visit to reunite with his Earth son, and together they search for the alien's human wife. What the fuck? <laughs> Why would he want to get involved in that? <laughs> well, he was the producer of it in the eighties. Look at that. Look at that. He felt very passionately about it, and now he's made it into a big movie. Well, well uh, done, Michael Douglas, for getting to Starman. Can you tell me, Paul, what is What If? What If is a Marvel animated series. It's just on um, uh, Disney Plus at the moment. It is basically one-off single episodes that is showing a Marvel character or something from a different like earth where a different universe where something has changed their path in time and it kind of changes the character completely or the timeline completely they're really trying to milk that franchise for it's, all it's, it's, worth. It's, it's a comic so it's come up a comic book which is the what if comic books yeesh I don't it's know what fine to say. it's fine <laughs> i'm yes. not i'm not like it's nothing it's one of those ones where it's like yeah it's good but this is not really gonna do anything is it it's just it's just showing me an alternate story, but yeah, what, what does that mean? <laughs> it's, they're it just milking fun, it. Though. It's okay. It sounds like, fun. Apparently, like a, a zombie Captain America coming up. I'm not sure. I've seen it in the in the pictures. 
Haven't seen that one yet though. Aye, 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 but it's aye, like aye. it's like one of the first episode is uh, when Captain America's getting created. They instead Peggy Carter signed up for it, so she is cap- like pretty much cap- instead of like Captain America, she's Captain America, but she's British and she's a woman and she's yeah, that's it. <laughs> who, who played Peggy Carter in that film? Uh, what's her name? Um, someone famous, I think. Yeah, it is someone famous. Hayley Atwell. She's nobody to me. Well, she's a quite famous British actress. What else has she been in? She's been in... Fuck all. Exactly. She's nothing. <laughs> she is. Wait. Cause she... What has she been in that, I, that is actually something other than Marvel? Exactly. So mm. she ain't famous for shit. Hayley mm. Atwell uh, is not a famous person, She was basically. in Doctor Who? No. I'm sorry. Uh... Your love of Marvel is all. I mean, I'm not saying I have a massive love of Hayley Atwell. I never suggested that. <laughs> She's dead to me. Let's not talk about her no more, please. Right, hello everyone. Yes, welcome to the Film Busters podcast. I'm Paul, with my, my two co-hosts, Adam and Ben. And if I have to describe it as anything, I would say, Ooh-wee, you're good looking. You hat. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in your absolute element in this one, aren't you? We should do the entire episode as each other in honour of it. Hello everyone and welcome to Film Busters. Uh, we are the Film Busters. I'm joined by my colleagues today, Adam and Ben. We've got some lovely films to talk about with you today. Well, only one film, really. Okay, let me have a sip of water. You've, you've made me so nervous my mouth's gone dry. <laughs> I felt put under pressure there. Anyway, go ahead and explain what this fucking section, new section even is, Paul. Yes, today we are doing face-off. This is a proton pick, which is basically our fellow podcasters, they they have the opportunity to pick a film for us to review. And then we, we basically dedicate this whole episode to their film and just tell them what we think of it. Fellow podcasters, you can do this too. We, we might, you know, we might get in touch with you or you can get in touch with us. And then we can also do a proton pick of yours as well. It's, it's promos, you know, we're just promoting each other's podcasts. That's it. It's just sharing the love. Sharing the goddamn love. And speaking of sharing the love, this roll a little promo from For Your Reconsideration. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pod Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> I just want to say that I love these guys. I always listen to their podcasts. It's part of my repertoire of of podcasts. I only have a handful. I don't I don't listen to many podcasts, so it's a big shout for me to say that I listen to this podcast. So Yeah, I listen to loads of podcasts as well. Oh, you're There's... sarcastic as fuck. What's your favourite episode, Adam? The one they did last week. Oh, that's convenient. Oh, that is convenient. <laughs> what was it? Um Um on Candyman. Yes, that's right, Adam. It was Lake Placid. I have not personally oh, seen it. That's what it, I was so, going to say. Yeah, so I I need to catch up on that film because I really want to. But by the time it comes episode. out, it will be Ghost. But they're Ghostbusters two episode, yes, the, right? Yes, the coinciding episode with this episode. 
is Ghostbusters 2. I will put a little link to that episode down our little show notes. So if you want to check out after this, you can do. Nice. Yeah, I, have, I have big love for, for your reconsideration. So you should definitely check those guys out. How did you discover them? I think you discovered them and then you tell me about them. And then I started yeah, I, listening. Yeah, I found them on Twitter. I saw all about Twitter, finding the fellow podcasts, I think. They're very similar to us as well. They're, they're three British guys. They're just, they're just having a laugh, chatting about a film. They don't have an Adam, though. That's the only thing. I think that's what sets us apart, you know. They're just the two they, of them. They don't have an Adam. There's three oh, of them. Yes. There's three of them, but they don't have an Adam. That's what I'm saying. They're all what, very what like. Do you, what do you mean? They have three co-hosts that are all equally engaged. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who know what's going on week in, week out. Exactly. Exactly. They all, they all bring just the right amount to the podcast. They're missing out not having an Adam. Adam makes it enjoyable. He's our wild card. Oh, exactly. exactly. Wow, God, bitches. <laughs> you literally are the Charlie Day, Charlie Kelly of this podcast, Adam. He definitely yes. is. And what film did I pick for us? As if so, the audience yes. didn't already know. We, from we did. I did. I did say up front, but yes, we're doing oh, the 1997 film Face Off from John Woo. Why'd they so, give it to us? Did they say they 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 have a, a big love for this film as well? I would like to know like what goes through Nicolas Cage's head because cocaine. He, yes, very possibly. <laughs> yeah. He has this very weird resume of like 15% exceptional high level films and then 85% like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you making these films? I can't think of another actor like him in, his, in terms of inconsistency, how you could be so good mm. and then make such poor choices as well. Mm. I mean, I, I think... It is, he's almost down the same line as a Samuel Jackson, where he just kind of picks films because he just wants to, he just wants to be in them, or he just wants to. I mean, Samuel Jackson just does everything anyway, but every so often he hits a gem. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson has a much higher success rate than I Nicolas know, Cage. I know, I know, but no? if you think about this amount of stuff Samuel Jackson's been in, there's so many small projects. Like, why the hell are you in this? Like, like Spiral. I know, but they're all, they're all big. But Nicolas Cage is in so many like independent things that are just pap. But some of them are good. You get stuff like Joe. Joe's good. Um, I found out the other day that um, so Nicolas Cage he bought a house in Bath on the you know the very famous like Royal Crescent or whatever it's called in Bath. Yeah. All the houses are, and he didn't want anyone to know which one was his house, so he removed the door number. Right, so his is the only house without a door number, yeah? <laughs> this was like 20 years ago, or whenever we bought it. I don't think he owns it anymore, but yeah. It was the one without it, which makes it 100 times more obvious to spot. Well, exactly. You have to go down the entire street and remove everyone's number if that's going to work. <laughs> and the postman would just beat you up. He's better off just changing the number of the door, but then he's going to get people's posts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll just leave it on there and just don't tell people where it is and just put like an alias down. <laughs> The funny thing is, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are arguably follow the same career path because John Travolta's done some incredible films, but he's also done so much shit as well. So mm. it's kind of fitting that they were both in this film. But the thing is, I think, I think Nicolas Cage has something exciting about him. Where it's like, Nicolas, it's, I think his name still means something when he's in something. I don't think Nic like John it Travolta really you. means much. Yes, it does to you. I think that's because no, you I, very I, I much am, like it. I do it. kind of agree with Paul to a bit, though. It's like, yeah, if Nicolas Cage is doing something, you're still always going to watch it because 
you know that there might be actually something interesting this time. You now. know he's going to put his all into the performance. He's going to be like, what the fuck is he doing in this performance? Yeah. <laughs> but usually the film is very bad around him is the trouble. Like, yeah. he, he, yes, we know that he's good and he's, he's done some stellar stuff. His best film is Adaptation, right? Which I don't know if you've seen it. He plays a screenwriter uh-huh. and he has a twin brother as well. So he plays his twin brother. Mm. And it's like the evolution of what... What goes through a screen, an aspiring screenwriter's mind when he's trying to like stay true to proper filmmaking and, and tell a, a really beautiful story, but there's all this mainstream bullshit outer involvement that's saying no compromise and make it like this and make it like that, and then the whole film starts flipping in on in on itself as the story goes along. A brilliant choice, batshit crazy, totally out of left field, but a brilliant choice. And he was he's never been better than that, apart from Face Off. Well, but you didn't hear that, anyone, because you're not supposed to know my thoughts yet. We haven't got to that point yet, and I feel like <laughs> we've kind of done the podcast already. She did this podcast backwards. We, we are doing it backwards. We're talking about everything <laughs> that we normally say at the end. Now, let's, let's stop talking about Nicholas Cage. We can talk about him further on into the actual episode. Yes. Shall we just quickly, briefly talk about our Patreon page, which we have, and it's at www patreon.com forward slash filmbusters where we have exclusive content you know you can you can recommend films you want us to do you can get video content of us you can come on the damn podcast it's that exciting you can also get some exclusive merchandise and shit like that who doesn't want that a lot of people apparently yeah apparently so but that's (laughs) fine what are we doing today on the patreon episode after this episode now we're talking about 90s action films yes our best 90s action films Top three. Of which this might be one. Who knows? You have to find out. And the only way you can find out is if you subscribe to our Patreon account at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters. That's right. And you can become a patron just like Jamie Russell, the beautiful Jamie Russell teacher. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you can also join Katie and OT from the For Your Reference podcast. And you could also join Nerd Revert. But where's he from? Well, Nerd Revert is from Texas. Oh, they messed me up. They messed me up. Starling Bank messed me up. I was going to play the yeehaw sound sound effect, but the damn advert came on first. No, it's too late. Forget it. Nah, you got to leave that in. It'll stay in. I can't believe it. Hello, Starling Bank. I hate that advert so much. Hello, Starling Bank. Shut up. You're not that happy to be in a deal with a bank. You're not. You're owing them money. Don't try and present yourself like all your customers are so happy to be with you. They're not. Fuck off. When the dad's bathing his baby in the bath, he's not turning around going, Hello, Starling Bank. I hate this. (laughs) You know who else from Starling Bank? Who? Julio from the Contrarians. (laughs) Starling Bank in Texas. Starling Bank, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Shall we go on to the staple of every episode, which is the quiz, which we do every episode. If you don't know what the quiz is, I ask Adam and Ben two questions every episode, normally based on the film we're doing, which is face-off. If they get the questions right, they get points. If they get them wrong, I get the points. So far, Ben, you're on 26. Adam, you're on 22. And I'm on 13. Sweet. That's good. I'm running away with it, I think. Do you want the first question? Might as well go for it. Here we now, go. Now, Adam has only just finished watching this film, so yes, mate, it should be very fresh in your mind. Yes, but be. you have a great memory retention, like a weirdly good memory retention. Ixnay, Ixnay. 
you have to be very much paying attention to the film if you want to know these questions as well. Yes. Here we go. Paul have gone real deep because he knows his film inside out. Let's see. What is the bomb that Castor Troy plants called? Oh. A gas bomb. No, it's got it a has, name, it's Adam. Got a, it's got a girl's name, hasn't it? It's a girl's name. Tell me. Begins with E or S. Maybe. Yeah. Sarah. It's not Sarah, Adam. I'll have that um, as your guess, even though you said another answer. Gas bomb was not the answer either. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you get Electra. That is wrong. It's Sinclair. Oh, yes. Sinclair. Stupid, stupid boy. <laughs> Electra. Weren't paying attention. I knew it was a girl's name. It wasn't Gas Bomb, Sarah, or Electra. Excuse me all over very the place. very sorry. Yes. I got the point. I'm on 14. Look at that. Here we go. Are you ready for the next question? Yes. Yep. What song is playing in Little Adam's headphones? Somewhere Over the, the Rainbow. Well done, Ben. You've got well it. Done. There we go. 27. Somewhere 27. Just so, just so to finish that question, rainbow. what song is playing in Little Adam's headphones during the shootout scene? And it was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Little Adam's headphones. Little is Adam. That, oh, I didn't realise the kid was called Adam. There you go. His name was Adam. Yeah, yeah I only Adam. noticed at the end, though, when he said, this is Adam. Meet Jamie. And then Adam looked around the room like, who, me? Yeah. <laughs> Adam, meet Jamie. We should have played that audio clip when we had Jamie on the episode last week or the week before that. Hi, I know I just met you, but be my kid brother. Please, please. I'll stroke your face. Yeah. Uh, very good. Wonderful. So, Ben, you're on 27. Adam, you're on 22. And I'm on 14. Yes. I should well say so. Beautiful. Should we move on to the main event? Let's move on to it. Here we go. This is Face Off. You good looking. You're hot. It's like looking in a mirror, only not. Troy? Now that is between us, okay? But you were... Uh, in a coma? Uh, uh, Nothing like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Read the newspaper lately? You killed them? Well, look, Beats paying the bill, huh? Come on, I mean, uh, if a facelift costs five grand... See anything you like? I torched all the evidence that proves you're you. Okay, so, wow. Looks like you're going to be in here for the next hundred years. Now, I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't make love to. God, I missed that face. Today we are talking about Face Off from 1997 by John Woo. This is a spoiler episode. We'll go straight into spoilers. No hanging around. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to go watch it first and then come back and listen to this beautiful episode. Otherwise, we can just spoil it for you. Whatever you yes. want to do. But first of all, Adam, you've got to do a very wonderful plot summary. Yes, I do. Um, so this film is directed by John 
Wuhan, is it? I, use, I wish you'd just say John. Did you just say John Wuhan? What's his name? <laughs> but I was trying to copy yeah, what John Ben's. Wu, that's right. I'm John Wuhan, he said. It was John Wu. You're talking about Wuhan Plaza. That's in, like, uh, <laughs> Edgware. That's Die Hard. Yeah, I'd like to say that sounds like the Nakatomi Plaza. Wuhan's but, um, where COVID came from. Oh, yeah! That's it! <laughs> anyway, yeah. Wuhan. It's got, directed by him. It's got Nicolas Cage in it. It's got John Travolta in it. They're terrorists. One of them's a police officer. One of them kills the other guy's son. There we go. Yeah. And they're out for vengeance. They've got war against each other. They can't possibly do it without each other. They're lives. They're like Batman and the Joker. And um, basically, George Volta wins and he kills Nicolas Cage's character, the terrorist. But they, he finds out that he actually needs Nicolas Cage alive so they can speak to his brother to stop the global terrorist plot. He kills and the only way they could possibly do this is to remove his face and put it on John Travolta. And everything's going right, but then Nicolas Cage comes back from the dead and then becomes John Travolta and starts ruining John Travolta's life and killing everybody who knew about the plan and fucking his wife and getting close to his family. And then violent explosions happen. So he becomes John Travolta. Are we talking like Saturday Night Fever John Travolta or like Grease? We're talking like Face Off John Travolta. Oh, okay. Just good, to, good to be accurate, that is. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna, not going to say too much because I think a lot of people know a hell of a lot about Face Off already. Uh, say so. It was in the world for about five years before it actually got released. When John Woo got attached to the project, it was, I'm sure you both know this, the two actors that were originally meant to be going face to face were Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, but that idea got dropped for one reason or another, and they never actually appeared on screen together in a face-off type scenario until Escape Plan, like seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So it took them a while to come together. Johnny Depp wanted to play the John Travolta role, uh, but then he read the script and he said, "Actually, I'm all right." <laughs> so he was like, "No, I don't want to do that." <laughs> And then John Woo brought in John Travolta and Nicolas Cage to play the characters. And as some of you may have heard at the very beginning of this episode, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was the producer. Michael Douglas? Is that what John Woo calls him? (laughs) Michael Douglas, yeah. (laughs) All of those doves. Uh, Yeah, he's the producer, so he's responsible for bringing this thing to screen. And I don't know if you boys have seen White Heat, this James Cagney film from the 50s, but apparently it was very much inspired by that. And I've seen White Heat, and I really can't remember well enough to remember how to, to know how much it influenced this film mm. but I do know it was good I haven't um, seen it one final thing I want to do before we go in is read you my favourite piece of trivia okay. on Face Off because I think it's so ridiculous the crew shot on Nicolas Cage's birthday John Woo let Nicolas Cage get emotionally charged up for a scene then surprised him with a birthday cake afterwards Cage asked Wu not to do that again. <laughs> what? Say that again? That just threw me through So it was Nicholas Cage's game. birthday, right? <laughs> and then John Wu let Cage get really emotionally charged up for a scene. I can't think what scene it was, but obviously one that Cage had to get really uh, psyched up in his head. Maybe the bit when he's in the prison. And then, yes, probably when he was doing a Travolta bit hmm. and then he wheeled out a birthday cake and was like surprise <laughs> and then I'm, I'm just imagining everyone's like hey we got you and then Cage just going to John Woo going never do that again John <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, how often is he going to do it anyway? That's fantastic. There you go. Oh, brilliant. Here's another bit of trivia before uh, we get into it. Both Paul and I have played the Nicolas Cage role and John Travolta role at two completely different fancy dress parties. Yes, we have. And funnily enough, I played the role you would assume Paul would play, and Paul played the role you would assume I would play, I think. Would you say so? I played. Yeah, because I played... You're, more, you're more Nicolas Cage and I'm more Travolta. Yeah. We both, we both played Castle Troy. Did you say that? Uh, we both played Castle Troy. That is true, yes. Yes. Just so yeah. I played the John Travolta Castle Troy and you played the Nicolas Cage Castle Troy. You played him at the beginning with the, with the two guns. There's pretty much the first the first scene where he throws his coat off and he uh, gets his He's golden got the guns purple out. Purple shirt yeah. and the golden golden guns. Yeah, and I played him in my pretty much Reservoir Dog suit with the when he's just sliced his face just so he's holding onto the harpoon gun. That's right. Yeah, that was me. Okay, so as always, we let Adam decide what order he wants us to go in for our first impressions. Well, I think. I'm going to go Ben, me, and then I'm not even going to bother asking Paul because... We all know. Yeah. (laughs) We all know what's going to happen there. Yeah, you can go last, Paul. Okay. But we're not going to listen to you. That's fine. All right. I made no notes for this film at all because I've seen it countless, countless times. Uh, I feel like I know it inside out. Dialogue-wise... I could quote along and I, I said to Paul as an aside just there that hopefully this episode don't just descend into a quote along because it very easily could do. Um, I remember watching this film, I don't know, 2000, 2001, something like that and not expecting much because I really, I've never been one for action films, certainly not like ones that sound like mindless action films like fucking Nicolas Cage and John Travolta swap faces. It sounds like Right, I'm going to throw that on and go, yep, yeah, that was a movie and, and move on. But from, from the first watch to this most recent watch, I've loved it every single fucking time. It's an, inc- it's an incredible film. It shouldn't work, but it does work so well. The action is amazing because for the most part, it's very practical. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are having the time of their lives and we can discuss if one comes out on top in in terms of performance, but they are just so, they do so well at imitating one another. Whoever wrote the script for this, like it's like 80% brilliant, 20% cheesy, but the 20% cheesy works with these actors in there. The story is fun and original. There hasn't been an action film since this one, I would say that comes close to, to how, how good it is and how completely fucking ridiculous it is. It's too, it's just so enjoyable constantly, and I was looking at the review, at the, looking at the score that I gave it on Letterboxd uh, before I watched it, and I was like, oh, nine out of ten. Oh, why didn't I give it a ten? I was like, in my mind, it's a ten. And I rewatched the film, and I'm like, no, it's uh, it's the best nine out of ten I could possibly give because there are a cup there are things that are wrong with it we know there are it's not the per it's not a perfect fucking film there are things that are wrong with it but that's what makes it so fucking special because if it was perfect if this was like christopher nolan type action seamless no cracks appearing on it whatsoever it wouldn't be so special the reason it is so special is because it is camp and silly and things don't quite add up and things don't quite make sense so it still gets the nine out of ten for me but it will never it can never get better than that for me 
nine out of ten and it's nine with a fucking bullet it's wonderful it's so much fun lovely 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 um i mean you can't really say much more than ben's really said about the film the film is well ridiculous like you read the plot and you're like wow this is so ridiculous it's got to be good fun and it is and that's it is it is a in some ways, it is a mindless kind of action film, but done in the way that they should all be done. Like, just go out there and have fun. But the funny thing about the film is it's quite a serious film, in my opinion. Like, they're not doing... They're obviously, like you said, there's the cheesy lines, but it kind of works so well because the film is taken so seriously with such a stupid plot <laughs> and, like, so much stupid stuff just happening all the time. But everyone's acting in it is quite, like, straight and, like serious almost in some ways isn't it um yeah. that's why it's, and the ending is just great fun that bit on the speedboats and they're just like it's just like what more carnage could you possibly want just everything's blowing up for no reason and there's just crashes happening and yeah i mean yeah it's it's a it's a great fun film um for me it's just it's a very high eight out of ten i don't think it will go above that but I mean, that's nothing against the film. That's just how you feel about it. I think it gets to the point where it's just how much you love it more than, yeah. It's the only second time I've watched it as well. So I think maybe the ones ones you grow up with and you last longer with, then you get more mm. attachment to it. Because after that point, it's just how attached you are to this film. You were quite late to the watch, though, wasn't you, for this film? I only you watched watch it, like it a year quite... ago or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that so right? You... Yeah. Maybe maybe longer than that, maybe about two years ago now. But yeah, I, it probably mm. helps with the history with this film, if you have history. Yeah, like it's a film mm. that I could definitely see if I watched when I was younger, because, yeah, you just go out thinking, what a fun film, like, like a feel-good film that you could always turn to just to put on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Lovely. well. Beautiful. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. For starters, um, as soon as I heard that for your reconsideration were giving us face off I was like oh shit <laughs> this film's like so daunting to review because I, I love it so much and I'm like I'm always blinded by how much I love it like I know it has like sketchy acting at points like the the visible wires during the stunt scenes it's like it's so obvious and visible stuntmen that are clearly not fucking Nicolas Cage it's got major <laughs> plot holes the cheesy lines the overabundance of doves and birds, the over-the-top action, but I'm all in every time I watch this film. I just love it. It also helps that my fiance is absolutely in love with this and Conair, so her excitement and enjoy enjoyment of it elevates my love too, because every time I watch it, like, this is amazing. Mm. Both of us. So it just elevates it. It's Cage's best performance for me, ever. And here's the, here's the best part of this film. His 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 acting, struggling to be Sean Archer in Cast Troy's body, is phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal. But every time I watch it, I also realise that Travolta kills it in this as well. He just does. He hams it up to the max and delivers some like amazing lines. And as you say, he is he is being that Nicolas Cage performance, which is just great, and I love it. The action's non-stop and outstanding. The plot is just so much fun and it works regardless of its flaws. Cage and Travolta work so well together, like battling off against each other. And I can endlessly watch this film. It's a 10 out of bloody 10. <laughs> I love it. There we go. 
<laughs> I think the only thing that we're going to differ on throughout this whole discussion is uh, whose performance is better. Yeah, mm. I, I, I'm all in for Travolta. I mean, Travolta. The camp. thing is, they're both as good as really. each other, and it's just like uh, they is just they like, are. They are. Like you said, they are having so much fun with it, and what more could you want than just like it's almost perfect. The way they play both their roles is exactly what you want, and. Mm. Like you said, like all these other actors that did it, they might not have had that chemistry and you would never have actually put before the film, you would have not really put the two of them together, but it works so well when they are. I mean, the question isn't like, who is who is a good performance, who is a bad performance. They are both no. doing an amazing performance, so so regardless of who you think did does better. But everyone around them the is also great in this film, playing the role yeah. you want them to play. Yeah. Like all this shitty, silly psych, they're all their little villains on the side, and all the people that are just in these action films that you see all the time that normally, in some ways, kind of ruin the film because they don't, they're not as good as the main guys. They're just, that's mm, what they do. Yeah. But in this one, they everyone kind of works in their role. Like Dietrich, I love him, the bald guy. Yeah. yeah. I and then you got Tommy Flanagan at the end as well. I only noticed that this yeah. time. Yeah. Who the hell's oh, Tommy oh, Flanagan? Oh, Tommy what's his name? Chips from. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Chibs. Who? Chibs from Sons of Anarchy. Who was he in the end of this? He's, he's at the he's very end. A, he's just a side. When they're having like he the standoff, he's got the two Uzis or something or something like that. Mm. Oh, I didn't even clock it. He does nothing in the film. Oh, no, he's <laughs> no why has he even been brought up? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree. Everyone, everyone's, everyone's putting their all in this film and I love it. They so are. Good. They, they go. Everyone's going balls to the wall, crazy, and and that's what works because it is. It's it is one big silly flamboyant camp mess. It's super campy. Travolta camps it up, man. He makes it so fucking camp, and it really works. I mm. think the reason that I like Travolta more than Cage in it is because for me, Travolta is doing a great impression of Cage's Castor Troy. Yeah. Whereas Cage is doing a great impression of Travolta when he's almost in tears mm. you know that Travolta mm. where he always looks like he's about to cry but that's his that's it then, then he just kind of, kind of makes again. it himself yeah, yeah. he yeah. creates it like all of that I'm Castor Troy all of that stuff he can that you know we haven't seen Travolta act like that in this film because we haven't had to see him in that situation so mm. that's a chance for Nicolas Cage to do as you were saying before just do his crazy wacky I'm Nicolas Cage thing you know yeah. when he's yeah. on drugs and he's looking in the mirror with that wacky smile on his face that's him just doing legendary Cage. face <laughs> yeah so but I don't me, I think Travolta. for me personally the best cast of Troy moment is the whole priest scene at the beginning I think that is amazing that whole scene I think it's so good do you want to know something love. yeah go on that's probably my least favourite scene in the whole movie. Oh, really? <laughs> Get really? that over with. I th- it's two on the nose, him coming out dancing, head banging, and then just coming up behind this girl and putting his hands on her ass. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I just didn't like it. <laughs> That's fair. Should we, should we walk, walk through this film scene as we're coming to the beginning of the well, film anyway? Well, started. There it is. Should we, this, this start, this is not the beginning. Let's start with the Ferris wheel scene. Yeah. How do we, how do we feel about Nicholas Cage with his little thin moustache? <laughs> it's so stupid, but it I works so know. well. Like everything in this, <laughs> it's so bloody cool, right? When he's walking towards that gun and he in slow motion throws that sheet off the gun, <laughs> it's yes. like, so hyped up. It's just so great with his piercing blue eyes, and it's like killing a kid. 
from the off. What yeah. a way to start a film. Yes. So good. And it's like, so it's also, I love the editing as well of that first scene. The way after, after the, um, the kid's been killed and, you, and then the, the spinning of the Ferris wheel and it gets faster. It's almost like a horror film. Did I you know, notice I that? I didn't clock it. It like spins, spins, and it's like it's like a horror film that, that spins into the... Uh, to, I think it spins into the title of the film, or it says six years later. Mm. But I love I love that. And it's such a great opening. It just sets off like, this is what's happening. This, this is the face-off immediately. And immediately we see how cheesy this film is going to be because we get so much slow-motion smiles. John Travolta yes. is having the time of his life with his kids. <laughs> like, man, why are you smiling so much? Take, and they take that smile off his face. <laughs> yeah, they take it off his face immediately. <laughs> Is that where we get the first hands running down the face, fingertips down the face? Um, moment? I don't, I, do we get do we get it wise on the first? It feels like we must. Surely he does it with his his boy because that's the Maybe. only chance he would get to do it in the film, Maybe. right? Maybe I feel, but I was so focused on Nicolas Cage that I, I think I might have forgotten. Wow. <laughs> the first one I remember is when he he. Oh no! Maybe he does do it then. He does. He he absolutely does because he doesn't do it until later with his wife. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't do it to Jamie, does he? He does it to Jamie at the very end, I think. Yeah, at the yeah. End. When she says, "I'm sorry for shooting you." Yeah, she's too she's too um up herself to yes. uh, to uh, want a face rub. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we but go yeah, six I, years later. Six years later. Yes, and Sean's all grizzled, and I think he does a great job of looking grizzled. He does. You actually feel like that all that happiness has gone from him. He looks like horrendous. But we also have this movie cliche of you seeing something. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying from seeing something that's happened, i.e. his son just being killed in front of him, cut to six years later, and then we see him as if it's still just happened. Like, yes. He's standing there like, oh, God, my son's dead. It's like, yeah, six years ago, I know you'd probably carry that stuff. Oh, it's, it was his son. That, I'm sure that wrecks you. Imagine, I know. Yeah, especially especially when the the person who's killed your son is out there just killing more people. It's like, imagine how depressing that must be. It's like, did this you, guy Did this film resonate more for you now that you have a boy? No, it still hits you the same. No. Yeah, it's hit me the same. I mean, I'm never going to get shot with a sniper rifle. <laughs> well, mate, careful. You might go to America one day, so maybe. Well, you never know. You never know. If anyone's going to get you, be the Americans. Yes, and it's it's all it's all Sean Archer. He's very he's very angry. No one's doing their job properly. He has he has no patience for any of his staff. He has a stick firmly shoved up his ass. <laughs> we get a lot of good lines here in this initial bit. Travolta is like full on cliche cliche central like what does a angry detective say when things aren't or whatever he whatever he is i don't even know what his job role is but he has every every um typical quote in the book lined up he says shit like because we're such a secret operation then when we snap our fingers nothing happens (laughs) and he goes you know what run the bureau any goddamn way you like so like all of these things could yes. be from any movie in the eighties <laughs> or the nineties, from any TV cop show. <laughs> yeah, take it out of one of those. Yeah, but it works. It works for me. It's fine. Yeah, it works, yeah, it works for me as well. Like I say, I'm not. I'm just pointing these things out. I like yeah. it despite all of this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. All of this stuff makes it. Indeed. 
and we get to Nicolas Cage now. He's planting his bomb and he's he's hyping his performance up here as the priest. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you like this bit because it's the silly bit. That obviously this I makes just, sense. I don't like it. It's just a bit too silly for me. I love over the top cage. He can yeah. always de- he always delivers for me when he's over the top. It's so good. I d- what I didn't like, I don't know, maybe it's 21st century thing. I didn't like that the scene plays out. There's this girl in a choir and she's perfectly happy for this guy to just come up and put yes. his hands on her ass. Yes, of course, of course. I didn't, li- I didn't like it. I, didn't, t- I never liked it in the past. I, I, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. I was ahead of the curve. I never liked this shit that all of a sudden is now not acceptable in films. I yeah. never liked it. So I think that's why I probably never like this scene. And I don't like Cage when he does that. Ugh, you know, when he's looking up. When, when he's, he's staring up at us. the ceiling. I like, like this is, sh- I, I don't do that, man. <laughs> I love it. It's that classic Cage face. Like, when he pulls that face, when he pulls it in the mirror, when he pulls it in like Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> it's like so good. Yeah. This is him. That's, that's his crazy face. And I enjoy it so much. And I think the fact that he hypes, hypes up this scene so much, it kind of just distracts from the... Yes, the deep down, if you're actually reading this, this woman should not be being groped right now. <laughs> of course, I guess because it's just a limited that. amount of time as Castor Troy. Yes, as Nicolas Cage, they have to turn it all up to eleven, and I guess yeah. he does that here. Yes, but th- this is this film. It's just like asking the woman to suck his tongue on the plane. But it's that like, all that stuff, him. fine. That all that stuff works. That work. I like. I don't mind that. That that's all. That all fits. It's just the priest bit. I don't like him walking in there head banging and shit, you know. <laughs> Swirling his head round. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the priest bit at the beginning. I think it's quite cool. I think it's quite a nice little addition to his character. And it's kind of like, adds to the mysterious of it at the beginning. You're like, oh, okay, yes, he's a terrorist, but why is he dressed up as a priest? And all of that kind of shit. It kind, it kind of also, if you didn't have this scene, you wouldn't, like Travolta wouldn't be able to hype up his character as much as he did because you needed something. This yeah, you've got to know the, the silly characters that you can really roll with. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Travolta was pastiching just this one scene. This is Cast of Troy in this moment. Yeah. And then we are introduced. We go to well. First of all, uh, the FBI realise that Pollock's Troy, Cast's brother, he's just bought a plane ticket or he's rented a plane or something. It, I don't yeah. know how you get your own private jet, but he's, he's got a private jet, and they know that he doesn't fly without his brother, so Castor Troy must be going there as well. That's right. Yeah, and... Um, so ridiculous, man. Yes. We, this is where we see the coolest box of tricks that Castor Troy has. Ah, see, little, I thought your quiz question was going to be, what's in the box? Oh, that'd be too... Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, What's I, the answer I, to that question? There's like, I don't even, there's I don't like know, two like, joints, isn't there? There's like there is two joints. A gun. There's yeah. like is it is it like I don't know if it's chewing gum. There's a bunch of, a ch- of box of chiclets. Yeah, What's chiclets? I don't know. I don't know. It's just some American thing. Yeah. It's got a lighter in there. Is he? Must have. Chiclets is a brand of candy coated chewing gum. Ugh. There you go. It was chewing gum. And he eventually puts his guns in that box as well. But it's a lovely, a lovely looking box. It's nice. Yeah. But and we this see where he drops his his coat, and you see him all in the purple. Yes. Yes. Very, he's very cool. But we meet his brother. What is his brother? 
He's the most oddest person. <laughs> he, they do play him odd. I think he's just meant to be a odd boy. I don't think he ha- is meant to have any mental difficulties, but it certainly kind of feels like it's pitched that way. Yes. Like, he, the, like Carter's constantly looking after him, doing his shoelaces up. He can't look after himself. He does this odd wave with his little finger. Yeah, he does, right? <laughs> and this actor, Alessandro Nivola, no stranger to film busters. Where have we seen him before? Oh, yes. What is he? I do recognise him. I was thinking, um, because whenever I watch this film, I just see him as Pollux, but I know I know him. Yeah. We've seen him before with a v- British accent. Go on. Would the gentleman or something like that? He is Santiago's teammate in goal. That is it. That is, is it. He? Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah. He's the one who also has just joined oh, Newcastle. So he, he is. a David yeah. Beckham wannabe. That's right. Yeah. And when I saw him in goal after having seen this, I was like, wait a minute, is he British or American? Because his British accent is more convincing than his American accent. And he is American. (laughs) Well, there you go. He's married to Emily Mortimer, you know. Is he? Oh, yes. Wow. They've got 13 kids. (laughs) That's unlucky. Unlucky for some. I know. (laughs) They've really got 13 kids. They've got 13 parrots, apparently. Oh, right, nice. <laughs> They're all called Paulie. Squawky house. And then they get on the plane, and we see that that woman, I don't know, she's like a stewardess there, but she's actually undercover for the for the uh, department. She's the one who sort of alerted them to the fact that the that Pollux and Troy are getting on this plane. Yes, she's undercover. And then he says the famous line, I can eat a peach for hours. Yes. If I was to send you flowers, would I... Let me rephrase. If I was to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Yeah, that's it. That that, that works <laughs> because it's quotable. Yeah, like a quoting line. <laughs> and then we have this amazing, amazing question, though. Yes, go on. So, eating a peach for hours. Yes, it's it's the woman's vagina. There we go. Yes, he's not <laughs> he's not eating a peach, a literal fruit, no. for hours. Why would you want to do that? Because you would just be chomping on the, the 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 seed, whatever you call it, in the middle. What's in the middle? What do you call the middle of a peach? A pip, isn't it? A pip. Yeah, I think it's a pip. A pip. You'll be eating the, the stone. stone. The stone. That's it. Mm. He'll be eating the stone, mate. There's no flesh on that anymore. Then we get the amazing chase scene on yeah. on the uh, the runway. It's great. I love it. Just it's ingenious as well. Like when the helicopters like pushing the the wings down. He, fr- he throws out the plane. Yes, it. it's very good. We owe, The reason that, generally speaking, anyway, this film is good and the action scenes are good is because it's done by John Woo. And, and it's also been done by a, direct, a, a non-American director who comes mm. with a very unique point of view. So you're seeing it in a different way than, mm. than what you've been conditioned to see after decades of, of Hollywood action. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just better. It's, there's yeah. something about it that just oozes style. It, it's like new. It feels fresh. It's very mm-hmm. well done. And we're getting the real brutality of Carter Troy here as well. He's it yes. shoots the the air hostess who was undercover, throws her out the plane. That's She's rolling on that runway. Shoots the pilot. Mm. Like horrible. This guy is horrible. He don't care about anyone. He's Tr- a nasty fuck. Thinking he's going to pilot that plane on his own <laughs> into a, into a hangar. <laughs> so what's he what's he planned on doing? This, this is where the like, sec. This is the second cage line that I'm not such a fan of. Is when he he screams at him, "Fly, bitch." 
Oh yeah, I, 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 I don't that. remember that as a line. It's it's when he's shouting at him in the cockpit before he blows his head off. Yeah, but it's still great, and it's, it goes on and on. This scene going into the hangar, he jumps out the hangar, and we get the the guys on the wires. Yeah, <laughs> but not- like the main thing in this scene, it is that moment when when uh, Travolta kicks him into the path that the blast back and he flies down towards that fan yes. the moment that stunt man hits the fan th- why does john woo linger on that shot they hold the shot for about three seconds where he's knocked out where it's so clear it's not nicholas cage and it's profile <laughs> it's yes. silhouetted and whoever yes. they use had such a big nose you're like cage doesn't have that nose what are you doing <laughs> it's all part of the charm of the film it is exactly all of this is part. All of this, right? This bit here all is scene setting, things, man. This is that one out of ten that it didn't get from me. But all added up. All the things that I'm commenting on are are all the things that don't make it a ten. But I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm like, this is why it can't get a ten. Yeah. It as almost adds like a little bit of it. charm to me. It does add the charm of it. It does. Yeah. It, the film but, would be worse without it. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, I think the thing it does because so much is slow motion that he lingers like he has like three second slow motion scenes so you're seeing it's not like the blur of someone you're seeing someone like frame by frame yeah <laughs> and it's like this is not the actor and it happens no. so many times yes. <laughs> one at the end was the one that was clear when they come off the speedboats and they're landing towards oh, the yeah. beach Clearly. oh like, yeah that wait, one's bad one minute yeah. they've got like white shit all over their trousers and then like the next day <laughs> they don't and then they do again and then yeah. yeah, all part of the fucking charm. All part of the charm. Do you know what I, I didn't mention that I just want to say, which I love, is when he throws the air hostess out the out the plane door and he does that little shrug. Yes, <laughs> it's like this guy. Like whoopsie, <laughs> oops, sorry. <Yeah. laughs> and also before Travolta boots him, because this is the last time Cage's Cage. Yes, yes. He sings his "Ready for the Big Time Baby" song. Oh yes, and, and it's then, great. It's great as well. Like the. Um, He's saying you only have one one bullet in your gun, and so do you. And it's that whole that whole face off, and he's and then he pretends to cry. What like yeah. he pulls the trigger, then pretends to cry, and it's it's so great. Just like an amazing exchange between the both of them. It is. I always want Travolta to just blow him away. Ready for the big ride, baby? Whose team are you on in this film? Well, of course, I'm on Travolta's side, as in Sean Archer's side. See, I always start as like, oh, I want Cage to kind of win. By the end of it, you're like, nah. Why want... on earth would you want Cage to win? Because it's always kind of like fun to try and support the bad guy in the film. But by the end of it, you're like, nah, you're too much of a bad guy. Immediately, he's killed a child, mate. <laughs> Banner. I don't know. Immediately, I, he's I... killed a child and then killed killed a woman and then killed an innocent pilot in the, like, the first 10 minutes. I agree. I and never, Adam's going, I, never oh, I want him to win. Up. I want him to do well. He looks after his little brother. Yeah. He's the fun guy at the beginning. I mean, in, when, you, when you're looking at this film, you see, if you're saying who's the bad guy in this film, would you say Travolta's the bad guy or Cage is the bad guy? Cage well, is the bad guy. It's always interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because I would say Travolta's the bad guy because the majority, you're seeing Travolta. Yeah, but then guy. that's the whole point of the film is it's not him behind the, the, the mark. The obviously, obviously mm. yes. Obviously, Sean Archer's the good guy. But, I always, but if I'm thinking of a bad guy in the film, I'm always thinking of Travolta as the bad guy. Can you imagine if prior to this film, like there was a prequel with Travolta and and Nicolas Cage, and they just played just played their own characters? So Travolta being Sean Archer and and Cage playing uh, 
Lancaster Troy, right? How would that work? Like, would people go, oh, C- Cage was brilliant, Travolta was very subdued, or what? Yeah. Mm. I don't think it, I don't think they would even get to a sequel if it was like this. Mm. Because it's the un- uniqueness of this that makes it... It's the uniqueness of the Imagine situation. Imagine going to the second yeah. film, though, and not really knowing, you think, oh, you're going to get the second... It was the first one, like, the next thing, yeah. and then this happens, you're like... It's like... This is like Dark Knight levels of sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like... Or it'd be like those... Like, when the horror franchises start doing weird shit to try and make it interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the more... I wish more films would do that. Like, if there was a film you saw, then a sequel came along and it completely did something new. Like, yeah, we're just going to swap their faces now. Yeah. Like, go silly. It's like, be inventive. Anyway, shall we get to that point? Because yes. uh, now yes. that Nicolas Cage is knocked out and unconscious... Yes, he's he's won the day basically. Yes, everyone's everyone's clapping. Congratulations, in. he can move on. Yeah, with his congratulations. Life. Goes home. We we meet Jamie. She's uh she's got all, all shit in her face. Yeah. Basically, she say. has a nose piercing and some black mascara, and that yes. means she's a troubled yes. child. Of course, clearly, she's of course. Yeah. Who who are you supposed to be this time? I'm supposed to be me, Dad. Such a dad thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and also such a teenage thing yes. to say as well. <laughs> it's right there. Straight straight out of a, a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like we got him. Yeah. He's dead. And it's a mo- it's I think it I think it's good that's that like moment because I actually feel like the weight is lifted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Off of Travolta. Absolutely. And Eve is like so happy about it as well, of course. And it's like imagine the strain on that relationship. Like your 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 whole life is dedicated to catch the man that ruined your family, and you just can't move on. Yeah. And you're basically he's, he's basically ruined his family beyond the death of the son. Yeah, he won't let him pass it. Literally the, the bullet hole in his chest as well. He won't let himself pass the no the moment. He's like, if I could just move this few inches over here, he would never. And then she's like, yeah, then you would be dead. You yeah. wouldn't be here. Yeah. It's good shit. It's all good shit. And I also love the moment as well where the whole office is clapping him. And it's like, this happens in films. But they never have this moment where it's like, how about all the people who died? You're just So everyone's just mm. happy now. You're probably going to these, this, these people's funerals this evening. Yeah, yeah. It's like, think about them people. And I think it's a very honest and realistic scene. No, it is. Yeah. Apparently he based it on Vietnam vets toasting their fallen comrades. Mm. Like it was Travolta's idea to do that's that. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. Because if he came in him. clapping, it's like all those people that died in the hangar. Yeah, and all along but the way as well. It's also a nice contrast to later in the film when uh, yes, Casa Troy's in him, 100%. and he comes walking in and he's just basking in the glow of the applause. Yes, but it doesn't last for long because the floppy disk is delivered. Yes, showing that the bomb is has been planted. They don't know where it is. We have a nice little animation saying, I'm going to blow you mm-hmm. away. <laughs> yes. Great. I, I love I love how um, computers work in the 90s. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Someone has made an animation. Anything that involves like computers in films gets dated so, so quick. Even yes. films like from like four or five years ago. And there's a ma- this massive thing of case closed. <laughs> It's, yeah. like, it's all like a massive picture of Nicola, of Castle Troy. And it's like he just presses command something. <laughs> it's like case closed. It's like, why is it such a complicated 
thing on the keyboard yeah. to do that. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. We don't mind. And so they need to find, they need to basically get the information out of Pollock's Troy somehow. But they know it's his, it's not going to be easy. I always think when Pollock's Troy is sitting in that little um, interrogation booth that he looks like the Riddler. Mm. That's just my that's just my oversaturation. What, when he's moment. doing the dancing, they're like, has he said anything yet? Not when he's doing the dancing. That's a little bit down the line. He's he's got the green jumpsuit on, and it's just he's being interrogated. Is he not eat, eating dinner or something like that? No, that's later once that's once later he knows that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's Sean just Archer oh, that's when he gets, Sean Archer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah, and he waves his little pinky finger at uh, Sean Archer through the through that's the window. Right. So they need to get the info on the gun on the gun on the bomb and they need to get out of Pollock's but they know they're not going to get it so the easiest way obviously to get this information is if they get close to him by swapping faces with swapping Carter faces. Troy who is seemingly unconscious in a bed somewhere yes yes and of course Travolta is like no 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 you must be crazy no 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 they'll let them know they got they they remove they're like bring the hairline back they do the tummy tuck. <laughs> I know I love that they try and cover all that <laughs> yes. stuff up like no 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 Travolta is a big fat fuck by comparison <laughs> he cannot the, get that body I know but at the same time yeah he literally has like a ripped six pack <laughs> yeah and then like what when Cage decided to become him did he like yeah give me all the weight get just yes. put loads of fat into me just put it all back yeah. pump it in. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Travolta wasn't actually at his fattest then, but he was still no. pretty big. Yes, compared I to agree. how he had been. <laughs> I agree, but I I do appreciate that they they try to cover up the holes by actually mentioning those things, by saying that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's like we're going to give you a tummy tuck just to just to cover those people who say, "What about how fat John Travolta is?" Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, if you're complaining about that sort of thing, the film's already not got you. Yes. But I can't believe that there are many people who would complain about that shit, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, I think if you don't enjoy this film, you have a joyless life. I'm going to say it right now. If you don't enjoy this, you've got no joy in your life. This ain't like Ace Ventura or something where it's like, oh, you just didn't get the humour or whatever. If you don't enjoy Face Off, it means you can't enjoy story. You can't switch off and have in, enjoy fantasy, man. Yeah, hundred percent. You just got to go with this film. You have to overlook all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you say, at least they make the effort. And I like Indeed. when that suction pad comes down and actually removes his face. I know. It's, I, it's so it looks very realistic. The, I think the. I mean, it's all prosthetic, right? Yes. And that Travolta dummy and Nicolas Cage dummy. It look it looks great. I it was they real. do. They look great. That's ex- exactly it, Adam. You thought it was real. It's not real. Obviously, not taking Nicholas Cage they, and John Travolta's face off. Face off. Method acting to another level. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine we found out they actually did that afterwards, and that's how they put in such good performances. <laughs> well, we we actually took our face off. <laughs> we actually did it. And they're like, yeah, the sucks the suction sound of <laughs> as it's coming yeah. off the face is <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> and then his guy just winces. He's like, oh. It's like, well, what are you watching for then? Leave. What did you think was going to happen? And also that guy, that black guy, I can't remember what his name is. Like he took him there to be like, we, you got to do this. And then right at the last minute when Travolta's literally about to go under the knife, he's like, you can't do this. It's suicide, Sean. <laughs> so, you were the one who brought him along to do this. <laughs> 
it's a suicide mission. Oh, thanks. Give me the confidence. Thanks. I'm just about yeah. to go under the knife. I'm literally all in, all in my scrubs sitting here. Yeah, I'm sitting here. My bum's on display because I can't tie it properly at the back. <laughs> but here, hold my wedding ring. And he's also going, hold my wedding ring, please, 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 please. It's like the guy's not resisting. He's going to take it. Why are you yeah. begging him to take your wedding ring? <laughs> he will take it. Give me back the scar. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. Like, yes. Yes. But I also like when, when the face is actually being put on, when they're rubbing it. You know where they're rubbing the skin to make sure it, it's like fitting nicely because over he the was, skull. Oh yes, yes, yes. That yeah, he rubs it as well afterwards. But I when you meant when he was itching place. his face yeah. on the wall, that's great as well when he's itching his face. I My love face that. itches. No one's f- whole face ever itched in their life. No, but I mean, imagine you know when your something's healing and it's like a little bit itchy, like a little oh, yes. scab, like imagine a tattoo when face. you get that silver skin and the whole thing is itching. Oh yeah, I imagine exactly. that's what it would feel like. I'd say exactly that. But, but there was no bruising, no plumpness, no, no, no. Oh, I'm very tender on my face. Maybe don't touch my face. I've just had it completely removed. It's very sore. Yeah, it's like seamless. I love how they just—they literally cut round the face, and it just all comes off. Like there's nothing attached. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it fits perfectly, even though the face shapes are completely different. Perfectly onto the new face. I imagine that surely they put something underneath it, like to make the structure right, like a membrane, maybe. I thought that's why they that's what something to do with the mask was. They oh, said this is a mask of this is a uh, a mould of your face that Nicholas Cage that Castor Troy's face goes into and it like shapes onto the I don't know. I think they try to make sense of it somehow. Mm. But you know, they're geniuses. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know how this stuff works. These are these are very specialist doctors. We we can't. They can do it all. Yes. Exactly. Just like don't COVID. Know. Don't ask any questions. Yeah. But Nick, so Nicholas, as Sean Archer, wakes up, and this is a great bit of acting when he sees his face for the first time. Yeah, he's almost like upset but angry at the same time. It's like you can see the dual emotion of like yeah. he doesn't know how to handle it. And I think this is this is great. Like Cage handles that so well in this film. Like yeah, the, that is good. You can see like that he's pulled between different emotions. He does it several times in the film, mm. doesn't he? That, yeah. that prison fight where he's yeah. enjoying beating that guy yeah. and at the same time he's like crying halfway through it. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. Mm. It's like, this goes against everything I've like yeah. taught myself. Yeah. <laughs> and we get the, we also get the, um, the voice changer, which is oh, like yeah. another... If you sneeze, it might fall out. <laughs> yeah, if you sneeze, yeah. <laughs> Don't sneeze. And yeah, and he's like can... wobbling it while he's talking. I like that. Yeah, I love. I love when it's like he's. That's, this is where he's saying, "I can eat. I can eat a peach for hour and it's changing. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. What does so he, he has... say? He says, "When I'm when I'm done, when I'm done, I want you to burn this face." Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. He's got. He's that's got. It. He's got. And then he's face. He gets shoved off to this high security prison, which is like Alcatraz. Yes. In the middle of nowhere. The prison bit's probably my favourite bit, man. With those boots and shit. That's what I remember. Do you want to know something funny about them boots? Those boots are the boots that was used in Super Mario Brothers. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. Look at that. I don't know why. I might have already known that fact. Yes. Strange. That's good. They're big and clunky. Metallic boots, very yeah, futuristic. The same very ones that they use in Wallace and Gromit. Yes, the wrong trousers. <laughs> I love this because it's so inventive. Like this feels like another film on top of this film. Like you've suddenly gone into this really futuristic prison. 
It's like yeah. not only is this like this this film going above and beyond to create this really cool concept, it's also got an amazing out of this world prison on top of it yeah. as well. I love it. It's great. It's it's good. It's great. And also we got to know as well that no one knows that Sean Archer's now cast as Troy. This is a very a very uh top secret mission. Yes. Because everyone who who knows has to die. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh and die they do because they Cage do. suddenly sits bolt upright from his coma. And is making some weird shrieking sound as he slowly realizes that his face has been removed. You remember that shrieking sound? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it must be so painful. Imagine but I don't think that's pain, is it? I, I think that's know. like surprise, which I don't is know. good. <laughs> your face is like an open wound. <laughs> your whole Ugh, face. Yeah, I know. Horrendous. And I like that you see the like, because they, they get the doctors back, don't they, to a... Uh, yeah, to perform yeah. the actual surgery. And like, I'm just, just watching some of your work here. Yes. You just get the flash of his As his he's going, bravo. Yeah, it quickly cuts <laughs> to him as he's going, brah, <laughs> fucking, bo. What do you want? And then he comes up to him with that cigarette in his wounded face. Yes, in his glasses. It's the reflection. Yeah, I like that. Very clever. Good directorial choices. And all this, all at the same time, Sean Archer, as Carter Troy, is trying to make his way to Pollock's Troy. He has a little fight. We have that scene that we spoke about where he's, he's conflicted about what he should do. We get we get the idea of this prison that if you if you misbehave, you're going to get lobotomized, and they they mag- magnet your feet to the floor when you're being bad. But we get to Pollock's Troy, and he is very suspicious. I mean, do you think he's o- overly suspicious? <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do play it up a little bit because, like, w- what reason would he have for thinking that it's like, this that is wasn't your, his brother? Clearly, your brother. <laughs> yeah, surely. Or, but I guess although, he's acting very peculiarly. Yes, I mean, but he's a peculiar guy. So what can we say? He's he's ahead of the curve. He know. But he, we, you, if someone you knew very well had someone true. else's personality suddenly inside, you probably true. would be like, "What's going on here?" If Adam was suddenly inside Ben's body, I would be very suspicious. Yeah, exactly. I would do. If but he, Adam he, was talking as much as I am, and if I indeed. was being as quiet as Adam is, people would know something was up. Yes. But he he uh, gets past his suspicions, and he reveals where it is. Because although the bomb deserves to be in the Louvre, I guess the LA Convention Centre will have to do. Yeah, very good. Yes. And then he says, you are such a loser. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he's done it. He's yeah. actually done it. But no, what is it's for nothing, because you have a visitor, and we get this amazing scene of yeah. when the door opens and it comes back, and Travolta's standing there as Caster Troy, slow as motion, Archer. and he's coquettishly got like the newspaper up against yes. his face as well. It's like like John Travolta camps it up. He plays so it good. so camp. I know when he's doing Cage, he's stu- you can tell those two studied each other's movements. And how, how they would say lines and Travolta like attacks it with relish. It reminds me a lot of his character in the O. J. Simpson show. Because oh, yeah, remember yeah. how that, that yeah. uh, lawyer was a, a, a bit I, I mean, everyone makes this joke that he's like closet homosexual. If and if he is, so be it. But 
he takes to these camp roles very, very well. Absolutely. I he's feel great. like he's channeling a little something that he's otherwise not allowed to. And we get that amazing line. Oh, we, you're good looking. Yeah. Hat. It's like looking in the mirror, only not. Yeah. And, he's, and this is the horrible line. I have a wife to go and fuck. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine someone coming in. That is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Do you think if someone, if somebody swapped bodies with Zoe and Chelsea, someone went into their bodies, and then you were getting into bed with them, you could have sex with them? Well, knowing it. <laughs> no, obviously not what knowing is- it, but like knowing. Think about the situation. If you were in that situation. Yes. All right, let's imagine that Zoe and Chelsea did face off, and you two don't know that. So Chelsea know. comes home to you, Paul, and Zoe comes home to you, Adam, and then you get into bed with them. I you having you, sex? I think you know. Well, it depends if, you, if you've had a conversation beforehand. I think you're. Why that advice. person's trying to fool you that they are the other person and they, they know would, the other person? They would need to. Yeah, if they really know Zoe, then how, what? How would I know? Enough not. To yeah. Like what would be the giveaway straight away? Like it's over time, stuff will come out that. Yeah. So imagine they've only been home for an hour and then they're like, do you want to have sex? <laughs> Why the hell not? If it, doesn't come, if it doesn't come up now, well, I would probably just be like, yes. And then you went to bed and you had sex. He's had sex with Chelsea. Well, he's, not, he's, he's not had it with her physical body. He's had it with what he thinks would be Zoe, but just with the body around it. Uh, I can't work out if that's correct or not. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> the body around it. Yeah. <laughs> No, it would be Chelsea, but with Zoe's face. Yeah. Wouldn't you know as soon as you started sex that it wasn't? Everyone has sex differently, uh, so yes, you would know would, immediately, would, yeah. right? Yeah, but by that point, so. it's too late. You might just keep going. Oh, right, good. <laughs> what if it was your mother, then? Oh, by, by this point. Well, you're not going to know late. who it is behind the mask, are God, you? God, do you know what? That sounds like a right rapist thing to say. By that point, it's too late. You may as well keep going. This is like the Ser- Serbian film, the end. Yes. That's what Adam would do. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that, do you? You're not going to be like... In the middle of it all, you're not going to be like, well, who actually are you there? Because this sounds like this, this, this from face-off, <laughs> even though you're living in a real world where this face-off thing never actually happens. It's yeah, true. I know. It's true. I'd just like to deal with a hypothetical. It makes it fun and interesting if to you're talk a Pollux about. Troy. If you're a Pollux Troy and you're suspicious. Yes. Yes. Just be delicious. Caster Troy. We're, we're addressing him as Caster Troy now, aren't we? Yes. Because he is Caster Troy. So he goes off to suburbia. To, to find his house I love that he always dr- he drives past the house because <laughs> he has yeah. no idea where he lives I don't know how he knows kind of roughly where he lives I guess I guess he, he knows the out. street he must see something like oh yeah I live on such and such street maybe I but like know. what was he expecting to do if if uh, she Eve wasn't standing <laughs> outside luckily she was came out the door yes so he can know and uh, I mean he is such a different man totally a different man but he but he he kind of charms her immediately yeah i feel like she wants the excitement though like he knew they hadn't had sex yeah. so she was like yeah. oh who's this he's trying to be like mix it up and be mysterious yeah yeah this is the whole thing because you wouldn't you would never imagine that someone would steal someone's face <laughs> so no you have to imagine that you would think that it was the real person the thing that would have clued me in big time is obviously that moment when he's being really dismissive on the anniversary of Michael's death. Yes. Yeah. 
that's that would be the big clue if you haven't clocked it by that point yeah you've because got to this be is like what's going on here now? yeah this is the driving force of his whole life and yeah. then just because Castle Troy is supposedly dead in her eyes that he would be fine now and he's forgotten about his son that died yeah and 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 also we have this really cringy scene of him going into Jamie's bedroom oh yes and essentially, I know he's Castor Troy. I know. But it's essentially a father leaning so right up against his daughter for the smokes. Yeesh. With Papa's got a brand new bag playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's so creepy. But I love that he just like wiggles his bum out of the room. <laughs> but yeah, he's going to go Travolta there. <laughs> and then, I think you heard me, Jamie. Yeah, looking at the pillow. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because everyone has a pillow with their own name on it. Of course. Of course. And she's no longer goth or whatever she was. No, before. I think I think this is this is why he says what what is what are you supposed to be today? Yes. Because she likes changing her appearance all the time. Yeah. It's goth fine, you're allowed goth. to change your appearance because you're allowed to you're experimental at those ages. You're allowed to experiment around. What did you experiment around as at that age? I was I was a little grungy boy. I was a skater boy. Mm. I only like ever did rap, and not even really rap. I've I've yeah. always dressed. I never really went as deep as she did with anything, but no, I never. I went imagine in for Adam's a look. always been exactly the same. Yeah, I reckon. No, I'd same hairstyle. Little, you have little phases and stuff, but yeah, yeah I don't really goth. change my hair and shit. My hair doesn't do a lot. I never dyed it. I don't it think your anything. hair even grows. I think it's just like stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> and what about uh, painting your face white? No. No. Okay. Eyeliner. No. Adam, you ain't got no piercing. No. No tattoo? Uh, no. What's the matter with you? Are you you are a lizard, aren't He's you? Come lizard, to mate. study us, mate. Yeah, tattoo. this is weird. Adam would not commit to any human look because it, it, it's too much. He only understands humans look one way and this is it. Lizards don't get tattoos and piercings. So Adam's like, okay. He needs to be the all-round man that everyone likes. Yes. Adam's like the character, you know, when you load into Grand Theft Auto, the basic character before you do anything to it. That's Adam. No tattoos, no piercings, no hairstyle, no nothing, nothing. And you just have to dress and customise. Generic homo sapien. I just yes. don't have the commitment to go for a tattoo. I don't think well, I'd ever have something almost... Why don't you get a tattoo that says, I didn't, ha- I didn't think I had the commitment to get a tattoo, but here we are. People would go, that's funny. If I met a man in a bar who had that tattoo, I'd be like, that's funny, man. <laughs> anyway, Pollux has got his release because behind the scenes, Caster Troy is he's moving the cogs, turning the wheels, and making it look like he's getting Pollux released so that he can find out where the bomb is. Yes. Because he wants to be the hero of the day. And we get this wonderful scene of... of uh, Castle walk into the into the office like a big shot. Everyone clapping him, and he's uh he gets the the stick removed from his ass. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the point where it's like when she says, "Sir, did you have a medical procedure?" And he really <laughs> freaks out and goes, "Why? Do you think she's actually clocked it, you idiot? You know she's about to make a joke, even if you don't know what the next sentence is going to be. Why are you reacting like, oh, she suddenly clocked it? Imagine though, right? You got you were in that." In middle, the middle of a police office, right? And he's like, and she outed you, <laughs> and you're like, "Fuck, I'm in the middle of middle of all these policemen. I'm fucked." <laughs> That's probably why it for his head, even though it's highly unlikely that anyone would know. That's true. <laughs> and then she says, 
Uh, so there's a call from the White House. It's the president. Oh, oh yes. Okay. And your and your wife's online too. Will you just tell the president to hold? Oh, cheesy boy. Yeah. <laughs> gotta love it. You got to love it. <laughs> he puts on a nice spread for his wife at home. Got the lobster out. Rubs yeah. her feet, and then this is it. He has sex with her, doesn't he? He does. He does have sex. Unfortunately, horrendous. The sex does happen. Yeah. And also at this point, we've also seen uh, Sean Archer watching from prison on the big screen oh, as the yes. news reporters go up to Castletroy yes. and say, have you got anything to say to him? And he says, just a quick message. Ball's in our court now. Sorry. <laughs> I like that. And his big cheesy grin. Yes. Piss take. Yeah. How dare he? Take. Brilliant. So... Sean Archer knows that he has to get out of this prison. How does he get out of this prison? That's what he asks. Um, what's his name? Thomas Jane's in the prison. Oh, shit. That is Thomas Jane. Yeah. He looks so different. I didn't even he clock does. that. He's got With the, the long hair. hair and the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Thomas whoa, Jane. Whoa, 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 whoa. He kind of looks like how he looks in Arrested Development when he's going undercover as the bum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Wow, I didn't even realise that was yeah, him. Yeah, it's him. In a, little, in a little small little segment of the That's film. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, but he says the only way you can get get these boots off is by going into the medical room and getting that nice little lobotomy. That's right. So he decides he needs to get a cigarette. Why does he need the cigarette? Anybody got a light? Got a light? Uh, I don't know. That's a good point, because the fire doesn't then start afterwards. Yeah. I think getting the cigarette I think it was a fight, wasn't it? Just to cause the fight, yeah. Maybe, yeah. He needed, I think he, he was just acting the part when he was shouting about a light, but it does seem the way that he's screaming for that light, like it's part of a plan. Yeah, like he really needs it, and he needs yeah. that cigarette. Like, he's diving on the floor, make sure he gets it before he goes. Yeah. But I don't think he had a plan, because how did he know that no. that big guy would be in that, getting the lobotomy? That's right. He was about to get the lobotomy, and it was like, it's okay, your wife really loves you. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, this is your plan? Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky that it was even in there. Otherwise, you were getting lobotomized, mate. I know. It's one of those nice film coincidences where things just work out. Everyone's in the right place at the right time for yes. something to happen. But it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I don't mind. There's a nice I don't little... Mind. No, we don't question it. We move no. on. We, like, yeah, we enjoy and we move on. Exactly. You know the guard in this room, the baldy one? Yes. It's um, he... the Zodiac Killer. In what? In Zodiac. Oh, I, I, oh, I ain't seen that in a long time. Mm. Uh, he's the writer of Lucky. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, interesting. John Carroll Lynch. Mm. Yes. So he, um, yeah, nice little escape scene here, and I love it. The the prison's just in the middle of the ocean. Yes. And it's an oil rig, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a little oil rig prison. That's right. Oh, yeah, of course, because we didn't know this until that point. Yeah. I like I like that. I love it. And he does a little dive off. It's a nice little bit of action. And they show about ten cuts of him falling <laughs> yeah. in slow motion. Ten yes. different angles of him falling. Ten of a random man falling off a Yeah. <laughs> Although that's that stunt man looks like Cage from behind. It works. <laughs> How many different stuntmen do they get to play in throughout the film? <laughs> I don't know, seventy four? They just maybe we just hire one and then just done with it. Ten of them were black, thirteen of them were women, two were children. <laughs> One was a corpse. All of these things. <laughs> you need a diversity. Yeah. <laughs> so he escapes, but um, everyone thinks he's dead, apparently. That's what they're telling Castle Troy. But he wants to see a body. 
We also he see says, it hasn't been recovered yet. Get the LAPD on this. <laughs> that again, even that is a cliche. <laughs> yes. Even when Casadroy is delivering the line, he's he's uh, he's harnessing Sean Archer here. <laughs> he is actually. <laughs> yeah, why would Casadroy be like, get the LAPD on this? <laughs> the only cliche this film doesn't do for action films is shooting guns in the air for anger. Yeah, there's no point break moment in this. Yeah. Like there's a shooting, there's a shoot, pretending to shoot on the floor to make sure, make pretend someone's died. That's true. I told him not to fuck with me. <laughs> like, why do you even need to say that line to that guy? That guy already knows you kill people. Just it would be much cooler and be much more realistic if you just didn't say anything. Yes. The fact that you had to say, "Told him not to fuck with me." He's very out of character <laughs> for Cousin Troy. This is now where Sean calls up the police station. He wants to speak to his boss, but he's not there. Because Castor answers the phone. That's right. And he says, Hello, Sean Archer. And he says, If you're Sean Archer, I must be Castor Troy. <laughs> I yes. love that. I love and that. And then, and then uh, Travolta goes, Ah, oh, yes. As <laughs> oh, an aside yes. to himself after the, <laughs> after the phone call ends. Of course you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what else can he do? He, he decides. He does, he does try to call his wife, doesn't he? But she's not having any of it. She's not yeah. having any of it. She doesn't believe him. Because he can't change his voice box at yes. that point. He's, and and he's doesn't he just have to sneeze? Well, yes. He, considering he's been had the shit beaten out of him in jail, it didn't really dislodge yeah, him. Exactly. But, even, but even still, if someone's calling you, even if it's your husband's voice saying, that's not your husband. Well, me and Jenny have spoken about this in the past. So we said that kind of thing of like, what would you text or what would you say to indicate that something isn't wrong? What... Well, you can't say it on a public podcast, but do you have? Is there something? There would be something. You say I hate Zoe. Could I say. hate Twin Peaks or something like that. Yeah, but I would just think she's <laughs> fucking like, around. That's not him. Like, Why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> and basically, everyone in any relationship has personal stuff that only the two of you know. So you would just drop that, wouldn't you? I'd say so. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, that's what he does when he eventually sees her. Anyway, doesn't yeah. he? That's how he, he does. does it. But he, before he does that, he goes to see his his team as as Sean Archer goes as Caster Troy to see Dietrich and Sasha's there and great scene of him getting drugged up and it's yeah, also the with the women scene is wonderful also like he he's almost like he enjoys the attention of the women as well he's like he's almost settling into to uh Caster Troy's body like oh yeah this is this is the life of the drugs is, is helping like. with that isn't it? yeah and we, great scene I want to take his face off. I want to take his face off. Off, yeah. <laughs> and his hand is so loose and trippy. And and also, I don't know if you noticed, Marvin Nash is there. Is Marvin Nash in there? Marvin Nash plays a dickhead in every film but Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Yeah, he's the one who doesn't really care for the plan. No, no, he mm. does care for the plan. He tells someone else to stop talking because they're being dismissive past Detroit. Oh. Yes. But, I mean, he's a dickhead. He's a criminal. <laughs> But what I do like is they make you love the criminals here. Yeah, that's what I mean by like how mm. I was kind of on nuclear Shows there's this little family. Yeah, but why does that mean you're on Castor Troy's side, Adam? <laughs> I don't know. You're on the wrong side. Castor Troy's Sean Archer at this point. You like Dietrich at the most, and you like Sasha. I don't, don't like I don't like Dietrich. Why don't you like him? Because one of the first things that we're introduced to him is him saying, Hey, Sean, how's your dead son? 
Oh, yes, that's true. And then Travolta bends him over the table. Why that's would I true. like that shit? That's, that's why true. when he gets shot in the neck and he's bleeding out, I'm like, let that pig die on the floor like the cunt that's he true. is. I kind of I kind of liked him because I, I always forget that bit because it's so removed. The two scenes are so removed from each other. I Look, quite like how, this how he's is trying the trouble. to save his... This is the trouble with films. If you want to say it's the trouble with films, people say like the, when you see gangsters and bad people, they do terrible fucking things. But then you just show a little humanity, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're not bad people. But this is the issue in life. In life, we hear the headlines or we hear of someone doing something terrible, and we judge them. But then we're not interested in hearing their backstory, their Indeed. actual human story. So what happened prob- to them? If but the we problem hear that, here then is you then, because I like Dietrich. <laughs> No, no, the problem is, I'm saying the problem is you. Because I saw the terrible thing that he did, and I saw that he had humanity, but he still did a terrible thing, so that's what I'm judging. Oh, I thought you were saying you shouldn't judge anyone, just from one one thing they did. I'm basically saying he did a terrible thing, and then we saw that he had human emotion, as all people probably do that aren't, as we've discussed, psychopaths and sociopaths. We saw that he was part of this family, part of this little clique, but that didn't make me like him then. I guess. I still liked him. I liked that he was, he was looking after his little nephew. Yeah, and was snogging his sister. You like that incest yeah, as well, his, did you? Yeah, gave his sister a little kiss. Funny, fine. funny that the... you like incest and people who make jokes about child, child killings. You like him. That's a good person. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but Adam's the one who loves Castor Troy, not me. I like yeah, Dietrich. but Adam's doing that thing of saying one sentence and then not backing it up, so it's very hard to have a conversation <laughs> with him about any of this. I'm no, I just you. felt like sometimes you want the bad guys to pull through, don't you? Not no, in never. this film. <laughs> not until the end. In the end, it, there's a point where it changes, but at the beginning bit, you're like, hey, you're fun. Remember, in order for the bad guys to succeed in this film, Travolta's Castor Troy has to succeed. You're getting confused because you're watching Nicolas Cage yes. with them, but that's actually Sean Archer. Yeah, I know, but that's why it's confusing. Yes. Do you understand, Adam? Ish. <laughs> what the plot of the film is. <laughs> but, so, he wants to take his face off. I like when Dietrich goes, take his face off, and he does the very dramatic face-off thing, and then says, no more drugs for that man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get, a, we get a wonderful scene of, of uh, Nicholas looking in the mirror, does the crazy face to Sasha when he turns around. And um, just just showing how he's he's almost going into the madness of like, what am I doing? <laughs> I've I've got this man's face on my face. I'm now taking drugs. I've now got these women around me. He's spiraling a little bit. Yeah. And and at the same time, when when uh, Sean is settling into Carter's body, this is also when Carter's settling into Sean's body because back at home in suburbia. He goes and beats up the the, the, the daughter's boyfriend in the car. Yeah. <laughs> he's backing up the daughter. He, he is. And he says a fantastic line when she comes in. If you dress yes. up like Halloween, ghouls will try to get in your pants. Fantastic. I always love that line. Fantastic line. But he fucks up, gives her the knife. <laughs> gives her the knife. Down the line. Tells her a stab and twist, twist so the wound won't close. Yes. Excellent. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime... In the meantime, Pollux, he sees Archer she, with Sasha getting a bit too close for comfort. So they decide they need to send the police around there. And it's a great raid scene. Somewhere yeah. over the rainbows playing. Poor, poor little Adam's running around, aren't you, Adam? Yep. With his headphones on. And I enjoy this because it's, it's just showing that Caster 
still has the humanity there. He's he's trying not to kill his fellow colleagues and just trying to knock them out. He has he doesn't really know how to handle the situation. And um and then this great scene of face to face on the mirror. Brilliant scene. Brilliant. That's what it's all about, them yeah. seeing each other face to face through the reflection. It's the first time they get the chance to actually point their gun at yeah. the person. Yeah. And brilliant. Themselves. So good. It's very well done. And then they fire the gun. Who who fires first? It's um it's uh it's Nicholas Cage, i.e. Sean Archer who shoots first. Mm. Yes. I so believe he, so. He, he, yeah, he was yeah. quicker on the fly. Yes. And then they both fall backwards and fly out the room. Yeah. And just for this, he shoots Dietrich in the neck, so Dietrich's out of the picture. Good. But eventually, yes, it doesn't last for long, this little altercation, because Sean Archer escapes as yes. Nicolas Cage. Lives to fight another day. Yes. But meanwhile, Pollux is dead. Oh, he is. This is where he dies, isn't it? Yes, he falls from the roof. And the guy from American Psycho comes in and says, Sir, what are you so upset about? It's just Pollock's Troy. And then he gets a bullet for his remarks. Yes. Bang in the head. I love that. Bang. Yeah. (laughs) And now we know, okay, one son's dead, one's brother's dead. And then he ties up his shoelaces. A little beautiful scene, that. Yes. God, you love these villains, mate. You love the villains in this (laughs) He's on their side. He really is. I wonder if uh, Hitler had helped tie up his brother's shoe and it had been caught on camera if Adam would have been like, the Nazis were okay. You would kind of want to root for them. He certainly <laughs> would. He he'd would. be loving it. So Troy goes back to the office, very annoyed, and kills the boss. Gives him a little heart attack. He's got angina, so gives yeah. him the heart attack. Kills him off, which also sets up his, uh, his doom because yeah. this is the funeral where they all go to. Um, Arch goes to his house, tries to convince... Eve of the story but she's unsure but tells yeah. tells her that you need to get a blood type get, get a blood test get a blood test that's AB right positive, this is right? how you are going to figure it out what, what was the blood type Adam it's AB positive wasn't it like it could so be Ad, I can't Ad, Adam made a note of that in case you asked that as a quiz, that a quiz question, question clearly I just actually remember that it pops up on the screen later on when she's like <gasps> who knows their blood type not me I don't I need I to go give blood soon so I'll find out then and then it says go and do the blood test and then she does that at the hospital yes and she realises oh yes this and he's my there. husband he's there both of he them are there waiting. in very quick succession <laughs> yeah he's waiting at the hospital for her and then Sean Archer comes with his I little know. posse <laughs> all comes swooping in at once and he's like oh sorry I get so jealous yeah and then as he walks up, lies, distrust, this is turning into a real marriage. He's so camp in this. He's like, hand is bent on his hip and everything. I love it. That's why it is. I just love Travolta being so campy in this film. Oh, I man. do as well. I do. I think this, is, I mean. I think I this do, is actually Travolta Travolta's well. best film for me. This is 100% Travolta's best role. I'd say so, yeah. Most Definitely. fun anyway. So he knows. He knows that he knows. It hasn't been recovered yet. Get the LAPD on this. <laughs> And now, so this is this is pretty much the big finale, the face-off, the actual face-off, because we're yes. going to go to the funeral. Everyone's going to be there. No protection. No. You won't be able to hide in this FBI building. No. The seagulls are flying. John Woo 
is there. Yes, the <laughs> seagulls. The doves. <laughs> there's seagulls, mate, on the beach. Oh right, I didn't clock them. The seagulls are flying, and yeah. then there's and then there's doves in the in the uh, <laughs> the actual church, and then later on there's pigeons. <laughs> well, look, he likes birds all over the place. He's he's got an aviary. Yes, he, he has. <laughs> so he uh, he coaxes him out, makes him makes him wait behind after the church, and they have a little shootout. They have the Mexican standoff here because he's got Eve and he's got Jamie, both of That's them. Right. Jamie's on her way. We get the lovely line first when Travolta first comes in as he's walking down the aisle. Yeah. And he's and he's going. Oh and yeah. He goes, Isn't this religious? Oh. And he puts his <laughs> arms up like Jesus as well. And it f- does that flash of the Jesus flash to the cross. cross. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And there they do the Mexican standoff, and and uh, Cost is like, "Wee! What a predicament!" <laughs> <laughs> you guys know this film way too well. well see, you just so saw many, it so many times. And they're all they're all putting the guns, and then they all shoot. Sasha's dying. Sasha dies. Yes. And uh, Sean Archer's doing the double shooting from each side. He's like Hitman. Yes. And but Sasha wants him to take care of their boy. Little Adam doesn't want to be a little yes. orphan. And he agrees. Yes. And then Jamie comes while while uh, Sean. And uh, Carter's having a shootout, <laughs> and Archer just pushes her down the stairs. <laughs> it's like, get out the way! Yeah. It's like, what are you doing here? Because she has no idea that her father is not her father at this point as well. No, this is true. And we have a great scene as well here where Carter is squeezing Sean's neck, and the voice starts changing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's dislodging the little chip. Yeah, I love that. It's, I, you know, you know it's going to happen at some point, but I always, I, I always forget where it is. Yes, because it's really subtle. Unless you're actually like paying attention. Yeah, that you wouldn't really realise. But he's suddenly got Travolta's voice now, and that's when, uh, and that's also when Jamie picks up the gun, and he's saying, "Listen to my voice. I'm your father." Oh yes, yes. And he, he shoots. She shoots the wrong person. Silly girl. Correct. But then stabs. The As right you person. would, you would shoot yes. the one who doesn't look like your you dad because you you have no one's come along and said. So there's this thing called face off, right? Let just bear with me a minute. <laughs> Let me just lay this out for you. <laughs> Base, but she 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 uh, does a good thing and stabs stabs old caster in the leg. Yeah, gives a little twist. You shouldn't have told her how to do that, caster. No, you fucked up. I know. And then. We get the, the final showdown here while the poor man in the speedboat gets oozied. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a policeman, isn't it? Or no, that it's, it's a man. He's just, he's, just, he's just minding his own business on his, on his speedboat. Just standing there. And then, and then Carter Troy just comes along and oozies the man. Not even one bullet. Just literally up his body, oozies him. <laughs> <laughs> and we get an amazing chase now. And uh, fantastic again. Smashing through that police boat. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful effects. All practical again. That's what makes it special. I read that they were going to potentially do it on green screen. Like, there's no explanation as to why they didn't, but they were meant to do loads of this climactic stuff on green screen. I'm so glad they didn't. Because you can tell. You can always tell with this stuff. You can tell. Regardless of them being stunt doubles, you can tell that it's all practical. Like the the water skiing on the shoes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. just hitting, smashing it along the along the boat on the side, and then eventually getting onto the onto the shoes. It's like a fucking James Bond film. <laughs> yes, the bit when they go through the boat is just wicked. 
Yeah, great. when they go through the boat is yeah. Yeah, because he event he eventually jumps onto he has to jump onto his boat, doesn't he? Yeah, and they have a little tussle on the boat, trying yes. to grab the harpoon before a big crash. Yeah, and then they yeah they spin they spin round they have the anchor don't they and it spins round the pole mm. and then head stores the dock, and then crash they're just flying through the air, both yeah. of them for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, slow motion. He's a, he's a big fan of the slow mo in this. <laughs> and they have the little fight, and then he gets, and then Sean gets the harpoon. But just before the little, what would you call it? What do you call the? Is it the harpoon? The actual thing that fires out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess so. So the harpoon. He grabs the harpoon just before, tries to cut his face up, but no, no, kicks him in. His, I think he kicks him in his shin. Does he? Yes. And then yes, he gets harpooned in the in the stomach or the chest or something like that yeah and then he's ready for the big ride baby ready for the big ride baby fantastic do you think if you get the chance you would sing that in your dying moments i'll try imagine try imagine if you did that in your real life you only get one shot at that and if you just happen to do all right i know i'm dying in the next five seconds so let me just sing that just in case someone's seen face off and they're like oh that was fucking cool that man. was fucking cool mate <laughs> You know you'd do it, and then you'd be waiting for another like minute or so. You're like, shit, too early. If I saw someone die in front of me and they sang that at the end, I would be telling people that I'd be like, and if you hadn't seen Face Off, people would be like, oh right, and you'd be, I'd be <laughs> and going, you don't even have no, time don't to you understand how significant this is because you'd be dead. No, exactly. Yeah, you'd hope that that one person who saw you actually had some uh, relevance of that film. Yeah, otherwise wasted. Yes, wasted potential. Yeah, but that's it. It's over. He goes, gets the surgery again. No, he gets some there's sur- one really good to- line before that. And he goes, what did you... Ju-? He says to him, like, Archer, and he goes, what did you just call me? And he looks at him. Nicholas Cage looks oh, up yeah. and it's like, the moment oh, yeah. made... I thought that was brilliant. Very nice. A nice, nice emotional wash over him. Now Lovely. he's accepted as who he is again. It's like, thank God. Thank God there's surgeons who know how to do this amazing surgery. Like yeah, it's, like it's quite common because they say surgery. something like we've flown these specialists in from somewhere somewhere well I thought these were the only ones who knew how to do it at the beginning <laughs> and now how do, how do you even how do these people even know that there's other surgeons around that do this this yes, is top secret, secret operations. Shit. now everyone knows about it it's fine we can forgive them yes. it's fine they put but he doesn't want the bullet wing back he doesn't need it anymore even though the doctor has no idea what he's talking about he probably thinks he's delirious at this point it's like, I just won't put the scar back that I have no idea what you're talking about, so it's fine. And they swap back, and then we finally get the last scene. Sean Archer is finally John Travolta again. He's walking past the windows. Is, is he John Travolta, or is he Michael Myers? Because this scene I always find really deeply weird, because as he's walking, there's his walking slowly i know it's in slow-mo anyway Mm. but his expression doesn't change and as he turns the corner of his own house he turns real slow and his (laughs) eyes don't move nothing moves his whole body just turns the corner but his face remains still in this weird smile and i always think this is like michael myers coming around the fucking corner quite unsettling very (laughs) corny as bring a, a random child with him as well yeah the biggest cheese of the entire film is this final scene. I love it. It needs. But it's to be. brilliant, though. But it is brilliant. But yeah, it's like it's like we just have this son who's going to replace our old son. It's fine. Yeah, here's a replacement son. That's fine. Everything is is back to status quo, mate. If I was him, I would have blown that kid's brains out and then said, "That one's for you, Caster. You fuck with mine, I fuck with yours." <laughs> Imagine. 
and I would have done it on his grave on the anniversary of his death. And we say, talk this about for you, Michael. Bang, bang, bang. We talk about like like I talk about liking Dietrich, and you talk about shooting Castle Troy's son. Yeah, well, Castle Troy would grow up to avenge his father. Don't you know that's what the sequel's going to be about? Well, little little Adam Adam Troy. Well, now we're at the end. We know that there's this talk of the sequel. It has been for several years. Oh, yes. I think it's going to be little Caster Troy turns on his adopted daddy. Okay. Well, surely it's got to be he's coming back for his son. He's dead, though. Is he, though? Yeah, he got harpooned. He's sitting... He He's literally laying in the hospital bed next to him, but there's no, like understand that he's, that he's dead oh, he's not covered do you actually think they would have Travolta and Cage in the sequel it's the only way I'll watch it is if they are both in the sequel I won't watch other actors yeah it'd have to be them it's otherwise bullshit Adam would but watch I, it if it was a but, younger generation yeah Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston would do it Oh, <laughs> that'd be so horrible they they can't do the races that. that's too offensive that guy a white guy yeah, they would not be hard to do that. <laughs> they would turn it into a stupid comedy, though. They would definitely would. have more jokes in it now. I'd say it wouldn't so. work again because you cannot. It's almost like a weird ingredient that the people who made this, someone's made like a really good cake, and you ask them to do it, and they'll try and make it again, and they'll do exactly the same thing. Here's Adam's but, food analogy, everyone. Oh yes. Yeah, there we go. But they don't know. They might have accidentally put an extra bit of sugar in there than the actual recipe says, and all that kind of shit. Like when you're pouring the little, cake. yeah, whatever it just works because you freestyled it rather than listening to your yeah. recipe book. You wanted chocolate cake, you ended up with double chocolate, and you're like, "This is too sickly, yeah. man. I just there's needed a good, chocolate." You you blend it the chocolate, but every so often there's a little chunk of it, and you're like, "Oh, pleasurable the food podcast, yeah. food busters." Yeah. Anyway, we just went through the film and we didn't really give our uh, opinion on the themes, but there aren't really any. So that's the film and that's the podcast. And that was a wonderful film. And it's one of them difficult ones because it's just a film that we love. So it's very hard to talk about it in a way that isn't just... uh, Yes, exactly. Which is kind of why we never bring up our most favourite films because it's very hard to talk about our most favourite films. It's very daunting. I think this is the best way to do it, though. Just talk about what you love. And yeah. talk through the plot. Is there any scene, any moment, or any line that we didn't mention that is worth mentioning? Um, I think we pretty much got it all. I wrote down everything I wanted to say. You know what my favourite line in this whole film is? Go on. It hasn't been recovered yet. Get the LAPD on this. <laughs> Mate, every time you Third watch time. it, the way he delivers it, he's <laughs> just so excitable. <laughs> well done, Travolta. Shall we move on yes. to what some people have to say about this film? I have three distinctly different letterbox reviews here from three probably distinctly different people. Whoever gave it low, let me read so I can knock them out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, first of all, we have number one Bratz fan. That's their name. And they gave it a 10 out of 10. And they say, I saw this as a cynical, shitty teenager and hated it. Even before revisiting it, I was deeply ashamed of this fact because I knew in my heart I was wrong. I am proud of how much I have matured in the last 17 years as a viewer of cinema and I can now recognise Face Off as one of the greatest films of all time. I don't understand how you could watch that as a teenager and not like it. 
maybe you're just being <coughs> too over the top. And sneeze, sorry. Yeah. I'm very sorry, listeners. I'm sure Paul is editing all of this out. He's blowing and sneezing all over the shop. I'm very glad that we are still operating remotely because you my don't, goodness, you don't, you don't need sick. to say that because I would have edited it all out. That's what I said. I just said he's editing <laughs> he's it all edit out. You're saying you edit it out. Thank you. Oh, my maxi cat has come right up to the microphone. Hello, you want to be on podcast? Come on now. Give us the alpha for the game. Maxi, Maxi. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The pigeons are outside the window, so he's gone crazed. Ah, 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 ah. No. <laughs> he's gone crazed. That was lovely. I, I very much agree with what a uh, number one Bratz fan had to say. I'm very glad that they recognise why. It's always nice when a film does that. Like, when you yeah. really... Because it also, I think it sticks with you a bit more when you, you sway around, if that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, next up we have one here from Hill Wallace. Um, and they gave the film a 7 out of 10 and they said Nicolas Cage is so underrated I understand that he's done some very questionable films but I think that he gets way too much shit which the quote's not really about the film is it but it's more about Nicolas Cage just being Nicolas Cage Hmm. I think going back to our earlier discussion about Nicolas Cage I don't think that he shits and I don't think he's a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination bad choices I, I just think yeah I think he's he's kind of doing what De Niro's done in his Twilight years, which is make terrible films. But that's because De Niro's like 70 plus. Cage, mm. for the last 15, 20 years, has been in the prime of his career and has chosen to make one good film for every 10, it seems. I haven't watched more. Paul, you've watched damn near all of them. You must attest to it. Even if you like him, you must attest that he has just made a lot of rubbish films yes i i totally agree why yeah he has why do you think he's, he's just, doing this because he is a broke man he he constantly in debt so he just has to do stuff to really money. is that what it yeah. is yeah he he buys shit stuff like dinosaur bones and stuff <laughs> he needs oh to keep God. up his his crazy spending i also feel like he enjoys every moment of it though yeah i, I, I never I, see him out enjoying himself I mean, he he kind of he kind of puts his his all into a role. I think I still think he does. He's not like a Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. We got a, a, we got a quote on a filmbusters quote on a Nicolas Cage film, so we can't knock too much. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, it's not even filmbusters though, is it? It's filmbuster. Well, filmbuster yeah, film singular. Just just Paul. <laughs> Thomas McCullum gives it a two out of ten. Let's see just what the bloody hell he's thinking. Why the fuck did this get such favourable reviews, Thomas McCollum says. Or more aptly put, please tell me what planet I'm on. Apart from Nick Cage acting like a straight-up crazy person, not the same thing as acting well, there is seriously nothing to see here. The dialogue is bad, the acting is bad, the effects are way over the top, and the story is absolutely preposterous. Like this entire movie didn't need to happen. Within ten minutes there are enough plot holes to fill a book, but they didn't care and they just kept going. For some reason I feel like I'm going to get a Tom, obviously it's supposed to be over the top and ridiculous. That's what makes it so great. It's just so self-aware. To these people, I say shut up. I don't care how self-aware it is. It's stupid, redundant film that really doesn't need to exist. I don't even want to reply to that. Do you know Do you know what, though? What I need to say to this is, Tom, obviously it's supposed to be over the top and ridiculous. That's what makes it so great. It's just self-aware. <laughs> it is, though. That is the point of it. <laughs> but like, He's answered his own question. <laughs> I would... All right, that's one of those ones where you just—that's your opinion—and we move with our lives. I can, I can get it. It's just you didn't go with the film. That's it. You either go with it or you don't. And if you go with it, 
then you have a lovely, crazy ride. If you don't, then you just don't go with it. So basically, dear listeners, for a man who says all of that about this film, let's see what Tom's highest rated movies are on Letterboxd. Oh, shit. Tom's- I really hope it's something stupid as well. Okay. Like the Blues Brothers. He only gives 11 films a 10 out of 10, and he's logged over 2,000. Those films are Groucho's Duck Soup, The Muppet Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, Halloween, Hot Fuzz, Casablanca, The Shining, The Royal Tenenbaums, Jaws, Shaun of the Dead. I mean, it's got two of your ultimate films in there, Ben. (laughs) It has, but it's it's completely, as you would expect, a top 10 out of 10 list to be. Apart from Tenenbaums, all of those films are like, yeah, generic stuff. Well, there you go. That's Thomas McCallum. Lovely. Shall we move on to placing this film? Oh, yes. This is going to be this interesting. Is gonna be this is going to score high. I hope so. It's a nine overall, isn't it? Ten, nine, eight. Yes, it is a nine overall. That's, that's high. Oh, we got three films for oh, it to yes, go up. Yes, we have. It's, oh, my God. It's in top ten territory. It is. So, automatically, <laughs> listeners, you can listen to this live while we work this up. We took half a second to work out the average score for this film is nine we've only got so basically our top 10 the lowest one in in the top 10 is nocturnal animals that's got an 8.7 so whatever wherever we place this it's going to end up in the top 10 but where so we've got three films that we rate a nine so going from lowest to highest it's one night in miami mulholland drive and casino i'll go out on a limb here for me it's better than one night in miami it's not better than mulholland or casino um, well, it's, it beats all of them for me. So yes. So, so whatever you said, Ben sticks because I don't think it beats any of them. You don't think it beats any of them? Okay. Well, I gave him one night. Oh yeah, it's an eight. Yeah. Yeah. What did you give my Holland? A nine, nine as well. You gave it an eight. Yeah. So it must be below my Holland. Yeah. So listeners, here is our new top ten. So face off places in the number eight spot. That wow. knocks nocturnal animals out of the top 10. So our top 10 now looks like this. From 10 to 1, three billboards, one night in Miami, face-off, Mulholland Drive, Casino, Joker, Cinema Paradiso, Home Alone, The Irishman, and Whiplash. Are we ever going to beat Whiplash? One day we will. We, we've all got to give a 10 out of 10, and that's it. How do you get a 9.7? Is it two 10s and a 9? Yeah. The ironic thing is, we know now that Adam gives the Irishman a 10. So technically, the Irishman yeah, is the best film it. that we've covered on that You list. can actually change Adam. You could change the, it at the end, end of the year. End of the year, you could change it. I know, but I was going to do that last year, but I did not change something else instead. That's oh. fine. You so, can do what you want. <laughs> so that was that. We got a new top 10 film. Fascinating. Look at that. Fantastic. That's what was beautiful. the last film that we did that actually entered the top ten? It uh, was One Night in Miami. Wow. Yeah. Almost yeah. a year ago since we had a top ten entry. Look at that. Magic. Magic. Thank you for your reconsideration, Paul. You've actually just done that. Thank you. And that knocked Blues Brothers out of the top twenty as well for those who are interested, sadly. There's two big two big films lost there. I know, that is. <laughs> Nocturnal Animals out of the top 10. Blues Brothers out of the top 20. Buster Scruggs is now sitting in the trepidatious 20 spot. 
What's going to knock it off? Buster Scruggs again one day. Mr. Pocket. Mr. Pocket. <laughs> you didn't get my guts. Oh, yeah. My guts. <laughs> Is it my guts? Well, anyway. that was a wonderful, wonderful review of Face Off. Thank you so much for your reconsideration. Yes, thank, thank you, Thank you boys. so much, Ben and Adam, for chatting through that wonderful film with me. I very much yes. enjoyed it myself. It There's only one more thing to do in this podcast before it finishes. What's that? We've got to talk about what, what we're doing, doing next. next. Yeah. Oh, yes. Our dear friends, not from For Your Reconsideration, but from For Your Reference, Katie and Otie have picked the next oh, yes. film for us to cover. And it is a oh, film yes. that I haven't seen. Have you boys seen it before? I've never yes. seen it. Adam, I've of course, would have it seen it, it. Because it looks like, Adam, you can't say that yet. <laughs> well, I'm just saying what happened. All right, he's saying it. There you go, listeners. You heard I it here. I didn't he hated finish it. the film. Well, you're going to have to this time. You're going to have to. I didn't watch it because I would never want to. But now I have to. So thank you for that. And the film is Pacific Rim. Look at that. I believe it's that's the second time they picked a Guillermo Toro del Toro. Film. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm intrigued just because it's del Toro and I don't really know what to expect. I'm expecting like a just a monster fighting film like like Godzilla vs. Kong and Power Rangers. It will have as much depth as Hellboy does, which is little to none. Well, Unless it does have, and actually, depth. we would never know. Katie and Oti said they pick it because we were we were on a trend of doing very heavy films at that time. But since then, we've done like, well, you boys did Power Rangers, yeah. <laughs> Suicide, yeah. Squad. Suicide Squad. We've done Face Off. <laughs> what was our last week? Candyman. So hopefully, Pacific Rim is the film that breaks the bottom of the barrel scraping. And then we can be elevated to lofty heights again. But I'm keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. Let's Let's see if we can have a very deep discussion about Pacific Rim. I'm sure there's some themes that we can... I've just looked at Pacific Rim and it's not on any streaming site, which means I'm going to have to pay to rent it, which is kind of painful. Perhaps perhaps Casey and Oti will kindly buy three copies for us and send it in the post. We can check with them afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, but until we tackle that monster of a film robot monster of a film then uh, we'll see you next time or we'll see you on the Patreon which is going to be about our favourite 90s action films and we're going to record that right now right now so you can come and listen to that Patreon episode at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters or we'll just see you next time on Pacific Rim goodbye goodbye everyone and get ready for the big ride baby for the big red baby. He had to sing it. Feels faster.